Hello everybody and welcome back to the Catch Kate podcast. This week we are arriving into the famous and bustling 24-7 Garden City, also known as Singapore. Um, it is a very, very, very unique place and just super modern in terms of how it is constructed and just like what they've done in such a modern way like you can see the money everywhere but it is actually like a fascinating city in terms of nature like they've built nature into it so it's really interesting to look at Singapore um, from this perspective Um, although ultra modern like there's so much nature there and it's actually quite yeah, it's so inspiring what they've done with technology to build this cityscape um, into nature. Um, so we'll have a look at Singapore, some of the places I visited, the gardens, parks, um, even the airport, how unique that is, um, the Marina Bay Sands, the famous hotel. Um, and yeah, we look at some of the interesting uh kind of ways that it has been built and also I'll talk a bit about the pangolins which are really popular there um a species um that are heavily trafficked um in fact the most trafficked uh, species in the world and um yeah we'll we'll give some environmental and nature bits as always so before I begin I would like to say thank you to my patrons who support the podcast and I also wanted to say a big 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 thank you to um, one of my patrons Mary because I actually had thought that I had less patrons this month but in fact there was just an error on the website so you know how the podcast works is that I create the content and of course, I am publishing it for free um, for your access. But it is up to you, the public, to um, support and help me to continue to do it because it is a, a, a workload that I have to incorporate every week into my kind of um, my environmental work and education and all of that so I actually had thought I had less patrons I was like oh I have less now so sometimes and that can kind of like almost maybe discourage me um thinking that I have less support but in fact it was just an error and I just want to say thank you um to the patrons for being there and for supporting all along because it's really helping me to keep going and I really can't do it without you and you're really helping me to keep growing this work in conservation education and the environment in general so thank you thank you for supporting me and if you can please join as a patron and put in the value that you um think is um correct for you for this um sort of information um so thank you um so let's get going and we are arriving into singapore so i went to singapore a number of years back and i've actually went into singapore numerous times as i transited asia and also um when i transited australia 
I spent um, some time in Singapore um, and also I even stayed in the airport one night because I was flying back from Melbourne and my flight was like, I remember I was like flying for about 36 hours and yeah, it was pretty intense. So I stopped off and I was like, you know what, I'm really going to look after myself and delay the second flight because like the flight from Melbourne was like you know, nine hours. And then there was another one for 14 hours. And I was like, oh my goodness, if I have to go from eight hours into 14. So I like took um, a, a room in the hotel and I slept for a few hours before getting on the next flight and then the next flight. So yeah, it was three flights. So it was pretty crazy. But basically Singapore is about 14 hours from London and um, very handy to get there and very handy to transit all over Asia. But it's very, very unique place and probably not on the budget backpackers uh, list of places to go because it is quite expensive. Um, it is a business city. Um, so lots of business is done there and about one in six, you know, have accounts in the millions. So it's a it's a rich city state and it's just like um, there are not many city states in the world. So the other two are Monaco and is it Vietnam? if I'm correct. Anyways, it's a city state. Um, and yeah, super interesting. And it's like an island off the south. Malaysia is above. And um, yeah, it, there is actually like loads of other islands there off Singapore. So it's actually made up of loads of little islands. And I recall being on the plane, you know, taking Singapore Airlines um, a few times. And yeah, just the level of courtesy, respect and you know, the standards just on another level, you know, like the food on the plane, the service, the hot cloths for your face and your hands and just like the service. I, I can't even like, you know, 10 out of 10. Um, unbelievable, like five star. And I remember even like the dishes on the flights, like they were like five star. Unbelievable. Um, and then, of course, you would have like the Singapore sling, which is the drink. And it's made of like gin and bitters and all different bits in it. But it's um, quite strong. So I remember ordering it on the plane, you know, because everything was all inclusive. And I was like, sure, why not? I'll get a cocktail. I might as well. I'm on the flight for 14 hours. <laughs> and um, I, I had it and I was just like, ew, like I just didn't even want it. And the lady next to me was like looking at me and I was doing my yoga stretches and then she was trying to do her yoga stretches and we were squished in the seats but you know well we had a bit of room but for yoga you know a little bit tight and um I remember saying to her I was like have my drink if you want it so like she was like okay so I was just passing her like the Singapore slings it's quite funny um yeah and just even uh the airport itself is um unbelievable like I wouldn't really rave about airports, but it's a pure nature themed airport. It's voted like the best airport in the world year on year on year. And like it's nature themed. They have a forest in there. There's a waterfall. I remember going to the butterfly sanctuary. Like I was like, why am I even staying the night here when I could just be walking around in the nature? It's just so cool. And you have the blue Marfor butterfly. I just like, like, how do they even build this? You know? Um, yeah unbelievable unbelievable architecture structure just yeah incredible um so that is that 
Um, so one of the first places I visited was Gardens by the Bay. And it is this massive, like, it's like a massive structure of, yeah, like indoor gardens. And it's just incredible. And you get to walk along these towering heights and you go in and out and it's, they have like a cloud forest in there. They have a waterfall in there. You can watch the plants like all inside this um, glass, like breathing and just it's unbelievable. You can you actually feel like you're in like a tropical forest. It's unbelievable. Like I've ne- I had never seen anything like it. Um, well, despite being in tropical rainforests, but like you would actually think you were in one. It was amazing. And the colours of the flowers, everything in bloom. And then this massive, massive waterfall in there as well. And you're just standing on it and you're like, whoa. Like, I just don't even know how they built this stuff. Like, it's a city which will, like, kind of surprise you over and over and over again because it's just incredibly built. Um... So yeah, so that's pretty um amazing, and it is like one of the most, you like the one of the best planned cities in the world. One of the cleanest. Like chewing gum is actually banned there. Like so, like some of the rules there as well are really interesting. Like you can be fined for certain things, and you'd be like, what? <laughs> you can't have chewing gum. Like such things. Like you have to flush the toilet. You might get fined. Like all sorts of stuff. So it's so clean. Um, and of course it's super entertaining like 24 7 round the clock stuff going on like for me sleep I was like I, cu- I couldn't survive living there anyway I know some people go there to live and work um, it's real you know it's an amazing business city f- you know for making money and stuff but I was like geez I was like I wouldn't survive here too much for me anyway too much for my <laughs> my nervous system I'm much more apt for nature and working in the land but um you know if you're a business person it's like perfection you know um so then another place I visited was the botanic gardens the gardens are in fact a UNESCO world heritage site so yeah really really beautiful again just all nature trees flowers you can just get lost in there and there's loads of statues as well and yeah it's just super pretty and super green and you wouldn't even know you were in a city and there's like this one part as well with a wooden walkway and a forest and you're like where am I like am I in the jungle you know it's it's amazing and then they actually have like an orchid um like area as well where you can like see like over a thousand or so orchids but unfortunately the day I went um it was actually closed so went up to the entrance and it was like we're closed it was like oh no but um yeah I'm sure it was gorgeous and um yeah I'll have to leave that for another time eh so that so those are the botanic gardens and definitely worth a visit as well um, and then there were some other things like there is actually a wetland reserve as well and there is in the reserve they have like loads of flora and fauna as always and that's made up of like mangroves and ponds and forests and they have like crabs and lizards and otters and crocodiles and actually something interesting as well they have um crab was like a really 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 big dish there 
So like many of the restaurants would serve crab. And I remember like going to one restaurant and there was like 10 or 15 people outside the door. And you're like, whoa, like they really love their food. Like their food is like top priority. So um, yeah, be prepared to indulge in all different foods at all hours of the day and night. Um, yeah, it's really, they work and they eat really good food. And um, yeah, the crab, like they, they just get this huge crab, put it in the center of the table and you just get your hands and you just dig in, you know. And I remember looking at it and there must have been like a hundred garlics inside it. And I was like, oh God, I'm going to be sick tonight anyways. But it was an amazing experience. And something interesting as well, when I was on the flight um, from Australia, there was a Singaporean girl. And I remember her showing me, I was looking at my phone at all the adventures and all the different, you know, hikes I did and different things, you know. And I remember her showing me her phone and she was like, where she was going back. She was going actually to school in London. And um, she was like, oh, all my phone is just pictures of food, like thousands of photos of food. And mine were like thousands of photos of hikes and nature and stuff. And she was like, God, she was like, we were like comparing. We were like, wow, like we're so different, you know, like we had totally different upbringings. You know, she's she was saying to me, she was like, I don't even she's like, I she barely even hikes or walks, you know, very indoor living. And um, it's incredible to see across the planet how we live, you know. Um, and even like I was told recently that 90, oh, like when I heard the statistic, I was like, what? Not over 90% of people now, um, oh, sorry, people now spend over 90% of their time indoors. I am just shocked. Like, no wonder the disconnect from the natural world because we don't even see it. Like, we drive down the roads, we don't even look left or... Well, I know we should have our eyes on the road, but we walk down the roads, whatever we do. We don't even look at the greenery and think, hey, that's my lungs, you know? It's incredible how the disconnect is so alarmingly in front of our eyes, but we're so asleep. And sometimes, you know, with the state of the health of the planet, I'm just like, it's incredible how asleep humanity is to what's happening. Like we're in a crisis, we're in an urgency, an actual emergency, like the planet is on fire in place, it's flooding in places, like the planet is screaming at us, like stop, 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 and yet, there's an egotistical part of us that keeps on going, keeps on pushing, keeps on, you know. But yeah, I just seeing that statistic of, you know, how could we be spending that much time indoors? You know, it. I'm just like, what? And again, like it's all down to the mental health epidemic as well and just lack of resources for mental health and lack of connection between people and of course the pandemic like the pandemic was fantastic in terms of how it's it halted the planet it halted production it halted planes it halted pollution you know oil plants slowed down uh, manufacturing people got to stay still and have realizations about holy moly like what's going on like am i even enjoying my life like is my job serving me like you know it's just I think a lot of people realise like what life was 
and what it is and that existence is is so incredibly precious you know and, and our time is limited and we really need to see that and realize it and like just appreciate every moment and all the connections we can make um because it's so important that we stay present and you know appreciate nature and try to work with her to um restore her because there is fascinating opportunities there and amazing work that we can do like you know you even look at Singapore like although it manufactures and produces and imports and exports um and high business ethic there like it's a city inside of a garden like like if you want to look it up online if you haven't been like look at gardens by the bay look at the structures they built like the stuff that can be done like that's what's amazing about it and you know when I see all these things about you know we see the planet and we see the malnutrition of states we see the the corruption across like the southern part of the planet like all this sort of stuff and then I look at places like Singapore where you see what they've done I'm like wow like why can't we use this money and this mindset to fix stuff like imminently like there's an emergency the planet is you know falling apart like why can't we just get on it and fix it instead of this like dilly-dallying like oh yeah let's stop this oh we might have funds for this like it's it's like we're very slow you know um but anyways I'm going to continue doing my work I'm going to continue educating and doing my little projects here on the farm. And yeah, and I just say thank you to you for listening and educating yourself and being open to this information because it's, most people don't want to listen to it, you know, because it's um, it's the truth. It's the truth and it's easier to hide from it. So thank you for listening and um yeah for listening in to the tips on the environmental bits as well and doing your bit because I appreciate it and I know the earth does too so on and on we go with the uh Singapore um city so that was her upbringing that girl and it was completely different to mine so you can see how sometimes the disconnect can be present because if you're brought up and you know nothing about you know, if you're brought up in a business world where you're looking at, you know, okay, future, okay, status, okay, money, and you've never even hiked a single trail, and that's just what your life has been, and, you know, you've been into gardens, which are amazing there, by the way, but, like, not real, real, real nature, you know, that's wild and vibrant and brimming with wildlife, you know, um, you can see the disconnect how it can happen you know because you become what you are uh, I suppose programmed into from an early age you know from zero to seven zero to three like there's our programming so you you wouldn't know any different you might feel a sense of unease because you're not actually in your regulated environment but you wouldn't really know you'd have to really like get out and, and see the world to be like oh <laughs> That's what um, the natural world is. That's what the real authentic way of living is, you know. Um, and the interesting thing is, like, you know, our cave ancestors, like, like 
we think like oh they were so far back and they were like living this way but our brains haven't changed they're still exactly the same so although our living has evolved like we've become super rich super comfortable super at ease with life like we experience so much anxiety and like unease and and mental health issues that um there's a serious like thing underneath like it's not um the system we've created isn't functioning for our optimum health you know so we may look at the ancestors and think oh they live this way and that way we ought to like you know ultra modernize ourselves but in actual fact we need to think about how they lived and actually all the reasons to feeling freedom and and liveliness and 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 joy is actually the way they were living because our brains haven't changed our brain still goes into flight or fight mode consistently uh, especially with the demands we have with the deadlines and the time and the da 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 you know and it doesn't work it doesn't work because our ego like our soul cannot work with time it it lives in a timeless world which is essentially what it all is it's timeless but this 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 world we've created with the time demands which are unrealistic expectations you know all the time like it's really unhealthy for us and it's that constant flight or fight flight or fight flight or fight and it's like going on and on and on and on and off and it's like you're going into that mode and you feel like a stressed animal which would have been back in the day but that wouldn't have happened every day consistently you know so it's really important to note that and note how you are feeling um in your work i suppose or in your life like if if your work is igniting that fire in you or if people around you are igniting that and be be observant of it and 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 get yourself out of it you know get back to nature because that's where the flight or fight will switch off and it's like actually a very simple recipe but it's hard to grasp and especially hard if if 90% of the time is indoors you know what i mean so Another place I visited was the Marina Bay Sands. Um, it's a massive like building with uh, like a convention center. There's a mall, casino, and then on the top they have a waterfall and, you know, it's like a hotel. But yeah, it's incredible. Like you go up the top and you can see the whole, it's like seeing, <laughs> I was going to say the whole world, but you can see the whole city, everything. And it's just so much for the eyes, you know, it's like a feast for the eyes. Um, but it's again, like, you know, you go up, you have your drink or whatever you want, but you know, talk about at least $20. Like it's, it's pretty expensive. Um, but it's the most iconic building that there is there. And the views are just, you know, if you're into the high life and, you know seeing the revolution of the architecture for sure visit and it is worth a view it's incredible but if you're afraid of heights <laughs> be careful but the swimming pool is class like you can look into swimming pool and there's people in there and you're just looking down at the massive drop below it's like a holy moly but if you are listening to podcasts you can look it up marina bay sands and look at the pool unbelievable i think it's called an infinity pool if i'm right there's one I went to in Bali as well, the infinity pool, where it drops off into the ocean. Actually, no, that wouldn't be dropping into the ocean because it's on a skyscraper. <laughs> but yeah, oh, it just looks crazy and incredible. And yeah, 
I think a night there is like, you know, about $500 or something. So not good for a backpacker, may I say. Um, But I have indeed stayed in rooms of that price, like $500 or something. And even once, I think, more, even like a thousand, I think. No, am I right? I'm trying to think back when I was in Ecuador and they cancelled my return flight and they put me up in a five star for the night. Um, this was my actual final flight home from the Latin America trip. And the room I got, I was like, what is this? I was like, am I meant to stay in Ecuador and never return home? But it was like a, a bedroom, king size bed, two bathrooms, a living room, a TV, and then a fridge full of, you know, complimentary everything. So, yeah, I think that room was like a thousand. So... I've had the luxury of it, but I, I didn't pay it, actually. <laughs> but anyway, um, another thing you can do in Singapore is the night safari. Um, I'm not really one for zoos because I do not like seeing animals captivated. But, you know, there is like a kind of a contradiction on it because like if animals are being trafficked and if animals are literally in the lowest numbers possible and there's conservation programs and people are actually breeding them, then like, you know, I see a bit of leeway in that because, you know, obviously humans are harming our species all over the world. It's incredibly, like, horrible. But, you know, they do have conservation programs going on in there. So, like, I totally, I'm for that, you know. But I did go to the Night Safari. And again, like Singapore, as they are so inventive, um, it's like the first night zoo in the world. So you get a train and it's at night. And it's really cool, actually. And you just go around in the train and you can view the animals at night. But, like, it's it's black dark you know you can't um disturb nocturnal animals etc and then they might even have like a display show um yeah of like you know some artists or something like that but um a third of the species in there are endangered and that brings me on actually to another point is the pangolin so they actually had a conservation program on the pangolin maybe you know about this beautiful species but it is the most trafficked animal in the world and um they take off the scales and like it's so horrible you can even look it up yourself but like they've seized oh my god so many like millions of tons of scales you know they'd be inside in these big kind of um bags these big like sacks and um they would seize them like at the airports you know they'd be very um along with ivory now the tusks and you know people thinking that they'll heal ailments and all of this stuff but um it's really sad it's really sad and and the pangolin itself you know the poor little thing like obviously it doesn't have much space to breed because the green areas are diminished day by day but like when they feel threatened they roll up in a ball and of course when a car is coming and they roll in a ball like car goes straight over it you know it's not like they run run like a tiger like the poor things they they just go in a ball and then of course they're stuck you know and yeah so they do become like roadside kill as well um so yeah so that's something to be aware of and you can actually like if you did want to put your time into something or money um there are conservation programs online um wwf would have work in there as well with the pangolin and um yeah of course that that um night zoo the singapore safari 
um, have a, a program going as well where they take in, you know, rescued ones and then they they have like rehab for them and then they release them. And even some they've put like a, a tracker on to see where they actually end up going. Um, so yeah. And another interesting thing actually in Singapore was the Merleon Park. So it's overlooking the Marina Bay and it's like a sculpture. It's like a half fish and a half lion. So Singapore was the Malay was um is from the Malay language. So they have four languages in Singapore. Um English <laughs> if I get this right now. English, Chinese, Malay and Tamil. And they also have a fifth one called Singlish. So when I went there it was actually, you know, fine. It was grand to understand them but they do have some words and you're like what you know what does that mean you know um but it's uh it's interesting and and they do like they totally speak english so you can get on just fine and they're really nice people um so yeah so basically that lion and fish um well the the fish um part is like signifying how it was like an old, an old fishing village at one time and then the lion is you know because it was named as the lion city in malay um so yeah so that's um another little sculpture that you can go and walk by near the promenade and um again there's loads of water there and it's really really pretty again as always you know i talk about reconnecting to nature um and this week I kind of wanted to make a note about the moon because today um, we actually have no moon present, um, also called the new moon. So if you're into the moon, um, I love the moon. I just love seeing it in all its phases. So it has eight phases, you know, you have full moon, uh, waning moon, all different phases. Um, and it takes 28 days or 28 and a half, I think. To go around um, its cycle. That's its cycle. Um, but at the moment there's no moon. So you, like you can't see it. Well it's called the new moon. So basically the sun and the moon are both. Like you just can't see it. <laughs> which is kind of like. You know. The, which is. It's, it's, it's actually fascinating. Because at night when you go out. Like it's super dark. And you can see other celestial objects. So you can see all this. Like loads of stars. As long as it's clear. Um, so it's really beautiful at night at the moment so go out and look out if it's not foggy um and well by the time you listen to this podcast the moon might be you know coming back around but um yeah so at the moment there's none in sight but it's amazing to be able to look up and see at night just the darkness and the the vastness of the open infinite sky um but yeah and another thing to note is that this month it is the harvest moon um, and sometimes it was actually referred to as the corn moon because in the North Americas they would have been harvesting corn um, and depending where, where, like depending at what time the moon um, 
um, how close it is to the equinox basically it would be called either the harvest moon or the corn moon and what it would mean is that it would be so bright in the sky at night and you know what it's like you look out and you're like why is it still bright and basically it would have helped the farmers to bring in the crops at night so the whole like sometimes here when I look out and I'm like oh my god like the field is like lit up and you know it can even be difficult to sleep because it's so bright but Basically, the farmers saw that as an ideal moment to bring in the crops. So they would work through the night, which is actually, it's quite fascinating, really. Um, yeah. And yeah, so it's the fruit harvest moon. And I think September 22nd, that's a special date, I think, for the moon. I think it's going to be a full moon. Um. So yeah, so next time when it does like brighten up the whole sky at night just imagine like back in the day of how the farmers would have been collecting their crops and walking in the door and you know an excellent opportunity because the days are getting shorter you know so it's uh the more light there is the more you know the longer we can work i suppose and and yield crops before the winter comes in in terms of nature at the moment um i've been picking a lot of blackberries I'm not sure about you, but they're absolutely, they're just delicious and they're really ripe right now. So I've been picking loads and I definitely would recommend getting out there, picking blackberries, fill up a jar and, you know, make some jam if you want or just some with vanilla yogurt. Oh my God, amazing. Um, So yeah, definitely get out there and check out the blackberries. What else? The swallows at the moment. Oh my God, they're so lovely. So the swallows are still hanging around before they venture off for Africa. Um, And here at the farm, like they're here in the mornings at about eight. And, you know, I try not to use time. I try to live in in a timeless way, in the most timeless way I can so that I don't feel much stress. So I just work with the the sun and I work with you know nature so when I hear the swallows I almost know what time it is and I'm like oh they're here and they just do all this chatting in the morning and I'm just imagining them now like making their path or deciding when to go and then at night then they're here at the forest and they're over the forest then at night you know just as you know dusk hits um but it's amazing you know and I'm like where are they during the day they don't make any noise you know they just come along and they sing a song and then in the night they sing a song and the, then they're off getting their insects. Um, so yeah, so that's something to watch out for as well if you see any swallows around. Um, and they're saying actually, you know, like many of them do reach South Africa, but at the moment with climate change, with it getting milder up northern state, northern countries that um, they're actually staying up the north as well and like even near Morocco and they mightn't even go all the way down. Um, so it's really interesting to look at bird life in terms of climate change because they're really clued on like they know way more than we do like so much more Um, and they can they can sense things that we don't have any idea about they can sense you know storms weather patterns even before it's happened like they're just I've seen some documentaries about birds and how their predictions of weather it's just below your mind like how clued in they are like other species and their experiences on this planet are just completely different to ours and that's what makes this whole 
world and the earth we live on so mesmerizing you know how each individual each species each being experiences the world so differently and yeah we all have our adaptations and we all have our strengths but um one thing the human species needs to learn is more love and more kindness because we share it with such amazing creatures and we need to protect them and show kindness to them and leave their habitats alone um so yeah so i have great hope for our future and you know even like some small things as well you can do which mightn't seem big but like you can actually visualize a better earth like i do a lot where i visualize our future on the planet of being like this beautiful place full of biodiversity and wildlife and all of it and and you know our thoughts are really powerful like your thoughts create your reality like never forget that how incredibly powerful our thoughts are so you know if enough people believe in it like it can create the way it wants to be created you know um so just never doubt how powerful your thoughts are and use them wisely and that's just a little trick and also like you know like any dream i've ever dreamt like i always use my thoughts to dream that reality of making it come true and it does work I promise you that. So folks, I guess a little recap on Singapore. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, this incredibly advanced city-state. Look it up online. It, um, it's an incredible place. Um, it mightn't be for everybody, but it definitely is worth an experience. Um, you do need some money. And um, the, the nature there is actually very interesting to see and how the technology that has been used to create it. It's, it's quite... Um, yeah it's inspiring um and again just uh for this week try and again reconnect to nature and get out choose your sit spot stay there breathe use your breath um observe the swallows eat some blackberries look at the changing moon phases and and learn about it or whatever celestial things that are in the sky like don't ever like sit inside at night and think like oh I must watch tv da, 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 da. like there's other things you can do as well like you can step outside your door with a cup a hot drink and your hot water bottle if it's cold and look up at the sky like you will realize how infinitely powerful and vast this this world we live in is you know uh, and it's you essentially so never ever never ever think you have to be between four walls like you know the rest of a lot of the population go out venture like embrace the the wildness that's that's all around you because it's really going to open big doors for you and definitely loads of positive emotions like joy and happiness and love and all of that so yeah um a final note is thank you a gratitude thank you from me to the patrons i can't do this without you and i appreciate every single one of you um on this journey with me um it's been an amazing year so far and uh yeah thank you for being with me every month and for your contribution um and it's allowing me to do great things for nature so i appreciate that if you can support this work please consider becoming a patron and um help me keep it going because I need you (laughs) and I also need to survive and especially during winter because um 
obviously my food production goes down so I don't actually I can't live off the land as much so um yeah it would be great to get more patrons on board um because my costs of living do go up um and yeah but that's all exciting as well because it will be an adventure for me to you know try different styles of work and um yeah just get creative so um I'm wishing you all a fabulous evening, weekend, wherever you are on the planet and just enjoy and make the most of life. Ciao.